Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So make sure you subscribe. And here's the part that I mess up all the time. Leave a review. Um, no one ever does. Um, so I guess it's not that important. Maybe I can even cut that out. But uh, today we got George and Tyree here today. We just got back from the Arnold how you guys doing? Feeling good after? Well, Tyree went. George, you didn't get to go. You got to watch it the whole time. Um, how you feeling, Tyree? Yeah, I know you were coaching. You were busy coaching the whole time. Yeah, it was a nice long, nice long week. Came back and felt like trash, but it was fun. It was just a lot of long days fueled by lifesavers and bang. But I'm finally yeah. bouncing back out. Yep. Speaking of bouncing right back out, you went right back into training and. We went into a, a broad jump challenge. Who brought that up? George, did you bring that up? No, I think it was actually Tyree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, Tyree. Come on, man. You need to like <laughs> bring up a competition that favors your uh, your strengths. Oh, I used um, to be good at them, and oh, that fell apart. My first jump and everything hurt. Yeah, I am not as athletic as I used to be. I could tell after the first jump. But it'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah, so the uh, a broad jump is pretty much just where you're standing on two legs, static. There's no running start, and you just jump forward as far as you can. And uh, I guess you just got in the group message because our workout is, you know, get 40 jumps. You know, we're just getting some some reps in and jumping, kind of whatever you want to do. And uh, so you guys kind of made a little bit of a competition and put the broad jump in there, and uh, which makes it pretty fun. And uh, this got me into this got us into a little bit of history of the broad jump when we were in the gym. The uh, the broad jump was actually an Olympic uh, uh, contested event in the nineteen oh four Olympics, which was the first Olympics in the United States. Um, and it's kind of hard to find the results, but um, some guy from the United States won gold with uh, three point four seven meters, which is uh, his name was Ray. E-W-R-Y. I don't even know how to say that. Eerie. Eerie. But pretty much it was 11 feet, um, 0.38 feet. So uh, I don't know what that goes into inches. 0.38, like four inches. And then you got that guy from the NFL combine, combine. record. <laughs> yep. That hit 12 feet. It was like 12-3. Four? Yeah, 12, I think it was 12-4. Yeah, oh, it was 12-4. Yeah. His name yeah. was, like, what, Ray Byron, I think? Ray Byron or something like that. By- By- Byron Jones. Is oh, that Byron it? Byron Jones. That's what it is. Yep. Oh. Um, yeah. At the NFL combine, 12 feet, four inches. Um, so I measured that out in the gym. <laughs> we've got those like uh, those horse stall mats at the gym uh, for the floor and they're six feet each. And I stood on one and I just looked to the other side of like the end of it. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like what you expect your character on Mario to do, you know. That's uh, <laughs> you know those crazy Mario jumps, and like it's just unrealistic, you know. Maybe that's where uh, that's where they got that, you know. Some uh, who who are the people? Some uh, some Japanese guy making Mario just watched the 1904 Olympics and was like, oh, well, our video game guy has to jump that far too, you know. And then there uh, there's Mario. Yeah, I kind of used two PVC pipes 
because uh, the rogue ones, if you tape two together, it'll equal 10 feet. So I was trying to just nail uh, 10 feet. Mm. We had a measuring tape at, uh, at the CrossFit gym I was at. So I just laid one out, and it was a very disappointing jumps the whole way through. But Yeah, so uh, what would you end up getting? Uh, eight foot nine, I think it was. Yeah, I so end, that's not bad. I ended with a nine ten. Mm. I think you might have took the lead on that one, George. Yeah. Um, Seth did uh, nine feet three inches or something. Something like that. And Seth's look like a joke. Seth's got at least another foot in him. Yeah, Seth has got some hops. You know, he uh, he used to be like a, a downhill skateboarder. Mm. And anytime you do skateboarding, man, that's like a that's like a plyometric sport. Um, and especially going downhill, you know, you know, he's got some uh, he's got some springs in him. Uh, but ten feet, so that's pretty good. I mean, if you guys were in the nineteen oh four Olympics, let's see where you guys would have been at. I think the um, average NFL running back. Wes just said this to me yesterday too. I think he said it was nine foot ten inches. Is the average NFL running back? See, I should have stuck to football. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's where the money's at. All right, you guys would have gotten last place at the Olympics in 1904. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the good news, though, is that that would also have been fifth place. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, 3.18 meters was uh, fourth place in uh, 1904. So what I think they did in like uh, in back then, because there's there's like eight competitors listed, but the last four say like they did not start. Um, I don't know exactly how that works. Maybe they did a uh, maybe like the they had preliminary jumps and then like the finals, or they just had uh, it was like the modern pentathlon. Probably wasn't as uh, this was only the third Olympics, so there wasn't probably as strict of rules as there is now. Um, they were probably like, oh, I'm just not going to, like all of the track athletes might have had to uh, like do all of the events. I don't know. Uh, and that's how it was with weightlifting in 1904, because uh, if you look at the results, the American uh, the Americans just dominated because it was like four Americans and one Greek. Um, but it turns out that the Greek guy just decided not to compete because there was nine events, you know, like one hand snatch, two hand snatch. Um, there was nine events total, and he just decided to only complete, compete in the two-handed clean and jerk, and he smoked everyone else. Um, so it's just like, you know, if you if you look at it, uh, you know, what actually happened sometimes, what the results look like and what actually happened are two different things. Um so that's a. I, I tried to look it up on Wikipedia, and I was kind of disappointed with the uh, the validity of their their history of the Olympic sports because it was just like, eh, they're leaving out a lot of stuff, you know. So, you know, results aren't uh, they don't tell the whole story. Yeah, that workout shot me though because we went from that to the five by ten on split squats and hamstring curls, and I went to biology that night, and I went to get out of my chair and almost fell over. <laughs> Well, don't forget because we die every Monday following a five <laughs> by five back banded back squat. Like Mondays are Mondays are long and rough days. Yeah, well, great. I tell you what, that's worse for you because everyone else has chains, uh, and, and chains is actually a little bit easier than banded. Uh, bands are just like 
they just kind of like suck the soul out of you a little bit. Um, they're just pretty aggressive. Yeah. That's no, but I mean, I guess since I have a weak back squat, let's, let's go ahead and hurt on what I'm bad at. It'll balance out. I'll catch George in back squat. Whoa, whoa, easy there. I got a green band too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just bought the bands just for that. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's something that you don't see in weightlifting a lot. Um, is banded uh, back squats, um, unless you're Mash. Mash yeah. seems to do them every week. Other than him. Oh, does does he do them a lot? Yeah, I know. I've, it seems like they're always doing banded back squats. But I, I guess yeah. it's, I've just been paying attention to what he's done for years. But I know they do them. But I can't think of any other any other coach or club that I've seen doing banded back squats. Yeah. So so many weightlifters, and it's kind of predominant in the weightlifting world, is you know do the basics and get the most out of the basics. Which there's definitely some value there. Um, but I do think that people are probably sticking to the basics a little bit too much. Um, you know, and, and just like, even if banded back squats, you know, you, you're thinking like, Oh, that's, uh, that's frivolous. You don't really need to do that. Um, they're kind of fun. You know, it just brings some excitement into training. Um, and that alone can kind of, um, make things a little bit better. And, you know, I can't speak exactly because, you know, I started when I was growing up, we did West side barbell type training. So, you know, I started out with banded back squats, banded bench press, uh, chains and all that stuff. Um, I didn't start out with the basics and, uh, you know, I, uh, I still turned out kind of strong. So it's not like you're going to get it hurt. Um, you know, starting with banded stuff too early, unless you, uh, just can't hold position. Um, so I don't know. I think, uh, I think bands could be more commonplace in weightlifting than, uh, than other people so uh, thinking about that i also i think i started squatting with bands i squatted with bands and chains when i was maybe 19 so i mean i have done it for a while but when i saw the program the first week we had it i was sitting here with three other people one of them is 30 one is 24 and one's 19 and none of them have ever used bands or chains and I was, I was completely shocked that none of them had ever used bands or chains. So when would you say that an athlete should? Is there a certain number that you think that they should get to? Is there – when would you say it's okay for somebody to use bands or chains? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say a number. I don't really like that uh, determining factor just because, you know, there's uh, you know just different levels of strength. Um but, you know, if somebody is, uh, well, definitely if somebody's stagnant, um, you know, it's time to change some things up. Um, but, you know, that would be, that's like the general answer. You know, if you're stagnant in training, um, it's time to change something up to kind of spur some progress. Uh, and whether, you know, you can change up stuff a lot of different ways. And that's just one way that you can change it. Um, I don't think you should use bands, you know, before you can... Uh, you know, keep a rigid, consistent position, you know, position is always number one. So if you get a beginner that is, uh, is squatting and they just don't have the right squat, you know, um, obviously don't use bands yet, you know, just, uh, <laughs> use a barbell or, uh, you know, if you take that progression all the way down to like a, a kid or, um, 
or somebody with a training age of a day, which that is some adults, um, you know, you just got to take it down to body weight or PVC pipe. Um, but you know, in general, I think, you know, you probably just go into bands when you're, when you're stagnant in training or if you just want to have some fun. I do like bands and chains. I think squatting with chains is, it's fun. But watching Amanda's first day ever squatting with bands for the fives, that was fun. She looked like she was dying. That was, it was great to see. It was great to mm-hmm. see. Yep. And then she had uh, the banded clean pulls. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, actually, George, you're the only one that I actually gave banded snatches to. Uh, how you doing with those? Yeah. So the first week it was fine. And then um, I kind of, I didn't do them this week just because of the bicep tendinopathy that I was dealing with. So the overhead catch was a little too aggressive. So I kind of just took the bands off and did regular power snatches, but they're awkward. That's for sure. Yeah. So there is a perfect example of when to not use bands. You know, that was a good, that was a good choice. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, just using common sense, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. That, uh, that turnover is pretty aggressive with those banded snatches. Um, yeah, so uh, broad jumps. Um, we got uh, we got a couple fifth place nineteen oh four Olympians, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, really, that's just something fun. It's uh, it's kind of neat to look up that history. Um, maybe after you guys are done with all this band stuff, you guys would be a little bit more springy, and we'll maybe we'll see if you guys increase your uh, your broad jumps. And uh, and Tyree, I think for you, you know, really standing on your feet coaching at that at the Arnold with like those concrete floors for four days, you know, that, uh, that's definitely going to influence your, uh, ability to jump. But, uh, well, uh, as soon as we'll I tried to snatch 60, I knew because we <laughs> it started with the elevator snatch on Monday. That was the first thing I came in thinking, all right, I'll be fine. I've had a few rest days. I didn't lift on Friday. I'll be good. And I took my first snatch. I guess it was 50. And that's when I realized, oh, no, this rest is not a good thing. You had Mm -hmm. lifesavers and bang for five days in a row. This is not going to go well. And it (laughs) sure didn't. It sure didn't. But yeah, I still got done hit decent percentages for a day that was just meant to be heavy. So it worked out, but I could definitely tell. I can't see my face or my head shaking back and forth. (laughs) Lifesavers and bang. It was, I I popped a bang. all the days that we had multiple people, I'd pop a bang at the top of every session. You got to make sure that you're fresh for each lifter. Give them the same mm-hmm. enthusiasm as everybody else. Fresh bang for everybody. So how many bangs did you have? I would bring three a day. So well, I guess that Thursday we only had two. So two Thursday, four Friday, three or four Saturday, two Sunday. Jesus Christ. Hey, but like you know, milligrams of caffeine in one day. Yeah, yeah, but it helped. And then two hundred cards with lifesavers, so you know it's a balanced meal. <laughs> it's a balanced meal. Oh, all right. Well, um, I'm just going <laughs> to pretend I didn't hear any of that. Um, so, uh, what uh, did you guys get to watch? Any of the? Um, uh, so first, first off, we'll kind of do that introduction again. Um, the Arnold uh, weightlifting competition uh it was also called american open series one in 2022 um 
there was like 1900 athletes. Um, I don't know what the final count was after like people kind of pulled out or any of that stuff. Um, but it was a giant six platform meet. There was, it was at this fairground. So it's like, it looked like it was a building where they would, um, what's that, uh, what's the thing that they do in like the circus where they have those big, uh, swings and then they jump from swing to swing. Yeah. I was um, thinking like a horse, like an equestrian show. What is it? How would they? Yeah. I know. I was thinking that like that's where they would bring like the elephants and like the horses and like yeah. stand on them and run around in circles. But yeah. there's a concrete floor. Maybe they just bring new flooring in for, you know, if they I don't know. It, it, that's what it pretty much looked like. It looked like yeah. an old fairground. Um, so it wasn't the nicest looking building. Um, but uh, the competition stuff all looked nice because they didn't have those like they didn't have the 96 Olympics platform or those like style of like platforms. Uh, I'm not going to try to describe it. If you just want to look up like what a platform looks like at the Olympics, that's the type of platform that they would normally bring to national events. And I'll tell you what, every time, you know, that one's just so old or some of them are just beat up that uh, they fall apart and they like, they get kind of bumpy and like separated. uh, And they don't seem to, uh, they seem to cause more issues than, uh, than just a regular like plywood platform. So this time they had six plywood platforms that looked like three layers of three quarter inch plywood with like that rogue um, border going around it. And uh, I don't think they had any issues with the equipment the kind of the whole weekend as far as I saw. You know, the they seemed like they were a little short on volunteers. Um, you know, it, it's hard to get that many people, that many judges for six platforms going all day for four days in a row. But, um, you know, for the most part, it ran really smooth for the largest weightlifting meet in history. Um, and there were some cool, uh, there were some cool weightlifting, a few sessions. What it was, the two sessions were actually out in like the Arnold Convention Center, um, up on the stage, kind of where everyone is, where the expos are, where you get this huge crowd, which is a lot, which is a lot cooler. You know, that's a, that's a cool spot to be. So they had like the, uh, the top two sessions, um out there at the Arnold and then the rest of them were all at this fairgrounds place, which was just a couple miles away. Um, what, uh, what'd you guys think was the highlight of lifting? Um, as far as like, who was your favorite lifter to watch or favorite session? Um, I know there was some pretty good lifting during that, uh, uh, at the convention center. Yeah, I'd say the Rogue Invitational platform. That's the one that was over at the actual convention center. Mm. And um, honestly, it was probably CJ Cummings. Um, his snatch wasn't what he wanted it to be, but when he cleaned 201, I thought he had the jerk for sure. And then that would have been a 60-kilo gap between his snatch and clean jerk, which would have been insane. So it was fun to watch. 60 kilos. That's crazy. Okay, so CJ Cummings, he opened up at 142. Uh, in the snatch, and he missed 148 twice. Uh, then he opened up at 184 in the clean and jerk, and then second attempt was 194, and then third attempt was 201. So he made that 201, huh, on the clean? On the clean, yep. Yeah, I didn't see that one. How did he miss the jerk? Uh, the jerk just drove him down a little too far, lost his mm-hmm. balance. Didn't he hit a – what was it in training? I think it was at the Rogue facility a month ago uh, – 205 front squat plus jerk. Yeah, I think it was more I than one squat. 
Yeah. Yeah, I just missed it that time, but that's wild. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. That's an 81. So what, that would have been the second heaviest we've seen? Didn't um, Harrison hit 20? I know he's missed 205 a few times. He missed 206, I think, at the Olympics. But hasn't he hit 203? 200. Uh, it was 200. 200. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's why he went 201. All right. Uh, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, so that's a, I mean, he's still, like, he had a, a two for six meet, and he totaled 326. Um, you know, that, that's pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of cool. Um, I feel bad for um, Ryan Sester, though, just because of there was such a gap between, like, the 61, the 67, then the 73s, and then the 81s, the 89s. By the time he got to... 102, he had been sitting in the back probably for over an hour just waiting for his first attempt. Oh, on that invitational platform? Yeah, on the invitational platform. Yeah, that's a long wait. Um, As a big boy, he might have liked it. I mean, think about how – I don't know. You never saw this, George. But think about how Alex was. Alex wasn't even 102, and he wanted eight minutes between attempts on a platform. So – some yeah once you get over 100 kilos some guys <laughs> like the long rest so uh ryan sester ended up with uh 162 and 192 for a 354 total so it's not bad not okay. bad um isn't that a pr yeah. stats for him uh, i'm not sure I, th- I thought his pr was 60 so i think that's a pr snatch i know he's clean yeah. and jerk 200 before yeah, it, he went 198 for his second attempt and missed it, and then he went for 202 for his third attempt and missed that as well. Um, I think, you know, just getting the experience of lifting on that stage is probably good too, um, you know, for that crowd, just because that's kind of more of what a, uh, you know, everyone looking at you type of thing that's going to happen at the World Championships or uh, uh, maybe even the Olympics. Um, it's a little bit more hectic at the Arnold. But, uh, you know, that makes it kind of fun. You know, you got to blot out all the, the hectic, you know, stuff going on with the Arnold. Because you're looking out and over that expo, which is just like, I don't know. How do you describe the expo? It's just a bunch of a clusterfuck. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's just, it's a bunch of people. A bunch of booths selling and giving away stuff. Yeah, because there was a lot of uh, technical difficulties too, like with the clock and with the judges, like keeping the right attempt. And there's like clocks getting burnt because the timer wasn't right. And then people having to take attempts when they weren't ready because I guess they weren't. I get, there was something happening in the back. They didn't really say too much. Like that's why Nathan Damron had to take 196 right after 195. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, They probably only had like 30 minutes to set up the whole thing because of whatever other events were coming up mm-hmm. and they normally they like spend all night setting up those platforms. Um, and that was one thing that we noticed at, uh, at the other competition venue is that, uh, you know, normally they'd have these big giant scoreboards and this time they were just like TVs hanging at each platform, um, that you couldn't see from the stage. You could get as close as you wanted to. And, uh, I still couldn't see, but, uh, maybe I just, I'm going blind. Um, but Tyree, you actually were able to take a picture with your fancy camera and actually zoom in <laughs> on it and get it. Yeah, that was um, the only way to see anything. Yeah. So hey, maybe there was a way to see it. 
um, and my my eyes and my phone are just too old. Um, so it was. I I do like that they well. It worked out better than I thought with the six platforms at the other venue. Um, I do wish that they had dividers between them because it just looked like a bunch going on all at once and there was no separation between the six platforms. So that would have been, this was, I mean, normally they divide the platforms up, but this time they just didn't. Yeah. I wonder why. Uh, I wonder if they just ran out of curtains too. Could be something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, yeah, or just like the maybe they were just too close to the stage and it made spectators uh, a little bit harder to uh, for the spectators to be able to see the different platforms, which that would make sense. So the um, the Rogue Invitational stage was kind of the highlight. There was a few other people that were doing pretty good. Um, it was kind of fun. I didn't really get to sit and watch too many of the competitions. I stayed and watched the 89 snatch session. Uh, and that was pretty fun. Cause then, uh, a lot of those people are people that I've had that were like just coming up as I was getting out. Um, and they were doing, uh, they were doing pretty good. They had some good snatches. Uh, they, yeah, I'll pull up the results on that one too. I don't remember who won that session because I didn't see the clean and jerk because we had a lifter start after that. So I didn't see the clean and jerk, but watching the 89 A's were that that was nice because I will say most yeah. of the top lifters actually stayed there. I mean, they had, was it Bo Brown, the only 89 that went to the, well, no, because Damron went to the rope uh, platform. So yeah. there was, there were a lot of good lifters that were still in the 89 a session. Cause you had Stemo was there. He's always entertaining. Yep. Yeah. So Damron and Bo were, uh, at the rogue invitational stage, uh, Bo totaled 337, and he was actually sitting next to us when we were watching that. Cause he was like trying to see if he would keep his spot on the, um, I guess the Pan Am team. Um, and it turned out that, uh, who was it uh, that uh, Bochamp, Derek Bochamp, is, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, he ended up bombing out, and he was the one that was threatening to take uh, Bo Brown off of the Pan Am team. Uh, so I think I Bo Brown Bochamp was going to have a good day. I put my money on Bochamp. He's yeah. been lifting really well in training, but. Uh. Yeah, he just missed his, uh, missed all three snatches, uh, and he, he opened up at like 152 or something. Which is pretty good, pretty good opener. Um, Have you seen his sixty for, uh, from every variation in the last month? Hang yeah. snatched it, snatched it from blocks, snatched it from the floor for I think a double. So that's why I put my money on him. I thought he was going to hit at least fifty six. I didn't expect him to go three for three, but I thought he would hit fifty six. And I really feel like he has a one ninety clean and jerk that he just hasn't put on Instagram yet because the ease that he hits one eighty seemingly every week is wild. Yeah, so let's see what he did in Clean and Jerk. If he even came out for Clean and Jerk. Um gotta make lifts. Let me get let me get through this five pages of uh 89s to actually get down there to him. Alright, Bochamp. Nope, he pulled out after snatch. Um so one other thing about him was that he uh, his coach his main coach wasn't there. I assume it's his main coach, meaning um uh, what's the guy from Florida Elite? Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank Camargo? on his name. No. 
Uh, yeah, I'll remember it in a second. Andrew Maddox, um, it was his coach, and he had a, a scooter injury, and his said he uh, he wasn't traveling for a competition, I guess yet. Um, so then the other person that bombed out was Don uh, John Downey, uh, made one snatch, and then missed three clean and jerks. He was probably going pretty aggressive because he was probably going for that uh, that Pan Am spot as well. But that uh, the eighty nine session was pretty fun to watch. Nathan Stemo snatch one fifty two. Um, Wow, somebody over here. Braden. Oh, so this guy named Braden Kennedy uh, snatched 155 and clean and jerked 176. Uh, and they don't show it in the results, but he's actually a Canadian. Um, he had the Canadian singlet on and everything. 155, so 175? Yeah, 155, 176 for 331. Okay. Yeah, so there was some, some good lifting there. Um, uh, I saw some. I saw some good lifting on the women's side. Did you guys see any of the women's lifting? I didn't see much of the women's lifting. We had a bunch of women lifters, but yeah, I only watched uh, theirs. Catherine Nye. She did pretty good. She went six for six, one hundred nine, one thirty six. That's pretty good. Yeah, one hundred nine, one thirty six. That's yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I know. Uh, I think Maddie Rogers cleaned 140, clean and jerked it. Um, here, I'll get to them. Too. Starting down at like the 45s, we got uh, Cecily Kyle. She won, and she went uh, She went three for six, six with a 73 and 90. So that's a pretty good total, 163. Um, and then Jordan De La Cruz is at the, the, the 49s. She totaled 191. I think it's just crazy that you're getting so close to a 200-kilo total as a 49 that's a four times body weight total uh yeah. she snatched 83 and clean and jerked 108 um and actually Haley reichardt clean and jerked 108 as well that's impressive i wonder who did it first um but yeah they're pretty close yeah it was what two kilo uh, are you on the snatch are yeah. you looking at the results right now james yep they both hit 108 who got first and clean and jerk I don't know. I can't tell. It doesn't um, show. Yeah, it doesn't show the individual medals for uh, clean and jerk or snatch. Um, but if they got lot numbers on here, uh, Reichart is an earlier lot number, and they took the same attempts. So Reichart has got first on clean and jerk because she did it first. Um, okay. And then uh, just Jordan Dela Cruz. Uh, yeah, so Reichart was in the lead with that, and then Jordan just showed up and put on 108 and made it all she needed was 106 but they were taking the same exact attempts so yeah still pretty good that's got to be pretty close to the american record um if it's not an american record um uh, i think the american record is 111 uh jordan hit it at pan ams yeah so yeah that's pretty good um so next one down is shayla moore uh, and she won the 55s, uh, 202 total. Pretty good. All these power and grace girls all training together, doing real well. Mm-hmm. And then um, Taylor Wilkins um, from Spoon Barbell won the um, 59s for the 214. Yeah, these are these are good totals. It's it's crazy to see so many 200 kilo totals at light 
weights. Uh, Danielle Gunnan won the um, 60, uh, 64s with a uh, 215. Yeah, I actually watched that session too. Um, I thought Maddie Sasser was going to have a better showing, but she just didn't have a good day on snatch. She opened up a little too heavy, I feel like. But the clean and jerk was pretty good between the between Danielle and Maddie. Mm, did uh, did Maddie Sasser bomb out on uh, clean and jerk or snatch? Yeah, on snatch That's she missed all three. Like. Yeah, yeah, and then Hunter Elam was uh, just a little bit below both of them. Um, yep, just just a little bit below with a two oh six. Yeah, the uh, there were a lot of sixty fours. There were a whole, a whole bunch of sixty four lifters. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the page. Oh, I just got through page four of results. There we go. All right, now we're up to the seventy uh, ones. Uh, Catherine and I won with a two forty five. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, that's pretty close to what uh, Holly Mangold made the two thousand twelve Olympics at as a super heavyweight. I think she just did a two forty five. I think she, I think she clean and I think she snatched like, uh, you know, just over a hundred and one hundred one, right? Yeah, I yeah, and made the two thousand twelve Olympic team, um, and now we got some seventy ones doing it. Well, Catherine is also a world champion, so that yeah. has some influence there. I don't know. One yeah, I was watching that session, and um, they were saying that the record was one thirty seven, so they thought that she was going to go at least one thirty eight, which one thirty six looked so easy. She could have definitely had 138 that day for the record. I mean, she's done yeah, it's so much heavier separately, but she just hasn't done it. Because what? She's cleaned 43 from the floor. She's cleaned 50 from blocks. She's jerked. 50, 55 from blocks. 55 from blocks? I'm pretty sure it was 55. And then what? She's jerked 47 before. But she just hasn't done it together over 40. Yeah, just some time. Uh, getting closer to the Olympics is when she needs to put it together. Um, yeah, I think I vaguely remember seeing her that weekend. Uh, you know, I wish I could have stayed around and watched more weightlifting, but I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. So, how was the atmosphere over there? Was it pretty electric? What was it crazy? Or there was a decent crowd. Uh. I, I think there was a decent crowd because there were so many lifters. That, I mean, you have 2,000 competitors, so you're going to have 800 people there that aren't competing. And then people people have family and friends showing up, and then you have a lot of lifters that just aren't lifting at that time. But I wouldn't say it was a an electric crowd. I wouldn't say it was a... Yeah, so that brings me to a point, uh, and this is kind of a complaint that I've been, you know, I, it's just I've been annoyed with this. Uh, so this was the most expensive meet as USA Weightlifting has ever put on. So early registration was one forty five. Um, the um, regular registration was one seventy five, and then late registration was three seventy five. And you know, it's kind of cool that they put late registration in there, kind of as a last minute. Um, you know, the 375 one I actually get because having somebody register late is a nightmare as far as like, um, you know, being prepared for it. But, you know, 175 is just ridiculous for a regular registration. Um, 
And I feel like this was the most expensive one. The prices went up. Um, the prices actually went up for coach registration as well. Mm. And uh, it used to be that you didn't even have to register as a coach. Um, and they, uh, and it would have been cool if it was like, I don't know. I feel like having it in that building, you know, it was the right building to have, you know, six platforms, but it was definitely a step down. So I feel like if you're going to increase your price, you need to increase your value as well. I feel like they did not increase their value. I feel like they did more work because they lit 1900 people do it, but they did not increase their value. And the atmosphere wasn't electric, like what it used to be like at the Arnold. And that was why people went to the Arnold because it was just crazy. The crowd was crazy. The cheering was wild. You know, it was dark in there and there was big spotlights and you would go out there and it was just like, this is exciting. And that's what made the Arnold a special weightlifting meet. And uh, there was none of that. Um, it was a decreased value over, you know, I, I, I'm not going to complain because I didn't, I didn't mind lifting in a, in a, in a ballroom or uh, not in a ballroom, but just in that building. It's still better than the 2013 like ice skating rink nationals, um, and the, um, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit about how much of a nightmare that was. But uh, you know, they, I think they need if they're going to increase their prices, you know, they have to increase value, and they definitely they decreased value and they increased the prices, and uh, it, it's kind of a shame, you know, on that on that front. You know, it I was a well run the meet was run fine. Um, I think they won't do something like this for nationals. Um, I think they can get away with doing it at something like this because for a lot of people, this is their first meet. So they don't have anything. They don't have any expectations. And for a lot of people, I'd say at least six to 700 of those 2000 people, this is the first time they've gone to a big meet and they're just happy to be there. They don't know that the stages are normally divided they don't know how big the training hall normally is. They don't, everything was new. I know for all the lifters that we brought, everything was new. Even uh, all the lifters that House of Weightlifting had there, this was new for all of them. So they wouldn't do something like this for nat, uh, for nationals or even AO finals because there's an ex expectation already set for those lifters. And I think that yeah. this one was a big money grab for USAW. Yeah, well, they keep saying they don't make any money off of them. So, you know, why are they even having them? Um, they got 40,000 so, off of entry totals alone. Uh, 1,900 times the 175, that's like 275,000. And think, oh, jeez. That's a lot more than 40,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget yeah, coaching a, um, coaching registration. Like they, So where did all that money go? Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe they're making yeah. another OTC. <laughs> they, they're going to need a lot more than that. They're yeah. just going to need the regular training. They're going to need 375 for the regular registration and like 4,000 athletes. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think that probably 900 of those athletes probably should have done more local meets. They should have gone to a state championships. They shouldn't mm -hmm. like, that's the next step. It's not online. And then American open series, it should be, online qualifies you for like a local competition, you know, mm -hmm. or online can qualify you for state championships. It shouldn't qualify you for the American open. It, um, I think USAW, I think they should move away from the series events and what, what's those new LWCs called? It's called like, uh, 
regional weightlifting uh, uh, for PWAs. Like for universities, like the NUQs? No, not the NUQs, National University Qualifiers. Um, it's just like the the state organizations. They changed their names to, mm. you know, like just it's like the local weightlifting chapter. Um, so for like North Carolina and South Carolina, it's just going to be combined to one like group. And they should have us like a state championship between North Carolina and South Carolina just together. And USAW should support that event and make that the next stepping stone. They shouldn't make American Open um, Series that stepping stone. People should be doing the... you know what I just did? I've had more technical difficulties. <laughs> my my computer just thought I said um, uh, Siri. They thought I just said, hey, Siri, and it just opened up this thing. And they're like, okay, I found that on the web. People should be doing stepping stones, you know. <laughs> no, all right. I got to figure out how to turn Siri off of this computer now, too. God. Jeez, uh, Apple. <laughs> too, too smart. You should, you should know that I'm doing something important here, not to open up Siri. <laughs> uh, stop interrupting me. Uh, he's trying to make sure you get the right facts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's he's fact checking me. God, I thought I was done with that when I deleted Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So now we got. Um, you know, I, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, I, should, they should have state championships. I think that should be the next. Thing. I think USAW is prioritizing money over over the quality of meets or the quality of lifters that they're getting at meets. Because they, they're not raising the entry totals anymore. Um, so it's one of those things, if they're going to allow it, take advantage of it. I completely get it for lifters. If they're going to let you go to a meet with whatever total or without doing an in-person meet, 100% go. 100% go because they're allowing you to do it. But USAW should also raise the totals. I mean, we had yeah. we had a, what, we had an O session. So, I mean... I don't think that they should have an O session. I think that's too many lifters. Uh, even for finals, this was a big finals that we had in December. That was a lot of lifters there. So I think that they should raise the total. And it, I mean, Americans are getting better at weightlifting. Keep raising the totals. Lifters are going to continue to get better. But I don't think that we should have a 96, uh, 102 male showing up to snatch 50 kilos. I think that we should have higher entry, a higher, higher requirements. So I've never actually looked into it, but what do they base the qualifying total for the American open off of? So they have, so what, what Tyree is talking about there is you're getting like masters qualifying totals. So they have a separate like senior qualifying total and then they have masters qualifying total and then they have like youth qualifying youth and juniors. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're getting like this, you know, that's why there was, uh, like there was some 80 year old lifters out there, you know, snatching 30 kilos, which I'm not, I'm not going to say those aren't the people that shouldn't be there. Um, because that was kind of exciting in its own. Seeing on its older own. people is yes. I, I'm not, I'm not thinking about the older lifters when I say that I, we had a, there was a one Oh two session that I was counting for. And we had the lightest snatch in that session was, 58 kilos and the heaviest snatch in that session was 110 kilos and it was like an eye session so there was just such a big window that i i don't understand what usa's 
USAW's thinking when they have sessions like that. But then when you have 250 lifters in each weight class, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. It's hard to know who's going to sign up. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, it, it, I just bring it back to, you know, if you put an entry of qualifying total, people are going to get better and they're going to hit that qualifying total, especially if they can do it online. Um, so like, even if you raise the qualifying totals, I don't know if that would make too much of a difference. I think people will just get better, which, you know, that's good in itself. Um, it'd but just think it'd weed out a few. If, it's like nationals versus, or it's like AO finals versus this last meet. We're not going to have 2000 people show up to finals. Yeah. But that's like a 70 kilo increase. Yeah. It, yeah. From a series to finals. Um, but you know, just think of that. Think of if you had a state championship meet that was like one platform, but it was the same quality as uh, the same quality as, you know, let's just even say this meet where it's just kind of in the a circus building. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't like that. They're still doing the online qualifiers and I'm waiting for them to stop. I, I assumed that, I thought it would stop at the start of the year this year, but I don't think that somebody should be allowed. Again, I'm not saying I haven't done it. I did it two years ago. If they're going to let you do it, do it. I get it. But USAW should not let somebody decide to snatch at their gym with their favorite song playing on their favorite barbell with all of their friends around them, loading the bar however they want. If you have 120 on a bar, if you're you're snatching 125, you shouldn't have it blue, blue, green, two and a half. You know what the trick to that is? Is make competition your favorite. Yes. Yeah. Make the national competition your favorite way to lift. So you guys should start loading the bar competition style. Every rep. Unless it's 160 because the rainbow bars look good. Well, then you got to do one, <laughs> one six. Uh, yeah, they can't get around that. Again. Yeah, yeah. Rainbow. Yeah. If it's a rainbow bar, load it. However, it gets, All right. you got to get the red, yellow, blue, green. It just looks good. It makes the heart. All right, we'll, we'll we'll give you a pass on that one. But, Other than uh, the one sixty. All right, yeah, load it, load it properly. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's good for today. Um, we have our we got our complaints out about uh, about the Arnold. We got to our. Our, uh, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, and we talked about those broad jumps. A little bit of history lesson in there, too, which is always fun. I am appreciating history more and more as I get older. Um, so next week, make sure you guys uh, tune in. All right, uh, George, where can people find you? At George81KG on Instagram or the House of Weightlifting page. Tyree. And I am Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. And check out the WV weightlifting page on Instagram as well. All right. And uh, the House of Weightlifting on Instagram, I actually deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone. I'm going to take a break for like a week and see how that goes. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me, uh, give me a call on my telephone. Uh, we'll go, <laughs> oh, we'll go way back. Does it flip? Uh, uh, Leave a fax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, send me. Uh, well, I'm not going to give people my address. <laughs> PO Box one one nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if uh, call call the gym, call House of Weightlifting, and uh, 
If you uh, can't find that phone number, you should go to our website, houseofweightlifting.com. Um, see, let's look at that. It's a sneaky way to get people at our website. Um, but, uh, that's it for today. Thanks for what, uh, thanks for listening guys.